0: Welcome to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We put knowledge and care within reach so you have everything you need to live your life to the fullest. This episode is sponsored by UM Baltimore Washington Medical Center. Home to leading edge technology, nationally recognized quality, personalized service, and outstanding people, UM BWMC is committed to helping the communities of Anne Arundel County and beyond live healthy. UM Baltimore Washington Medical Center, the right choice for care. I'm Prakash Chandran, and my guest today is Dr. Christopher Stack, Medical Director of the Stroke Program at the University of Maryland Baltimore-Washington Medical Center. And we'll be talking about how to identify and prevent a stroke. Dr. Stack, thank you so much for joining me today. So, you know, a lot of people have heard about what a stroke is. They probably even know someone that's had one, but maybe you can start by just telling us a little bit more about what a stroke is.
1: Yeah, and thanks for having me. So, strokes come in Two major forms or flavors, the most common in the United States being ischemic stroke. So essentially an ischemic stroke is when blood clot in the arteries that supply the blood flow to the brain have a clot in or some sort of blockage that impairs the flow to that portion of the brain. And this can result in a lot of different neurologic symptoms depending on where specifically in the brain it impacts. The other forms of strokes are hemorrhagic strokes, where essentially a blood vessel opens up and bleeding actually goes out into the brain tissue and can have similar manifestations uh, of
0: the symptoms. So you started to mention a few symptoms. What are the most common symptoms that people should look out for that tells them that someone might be having a stroke?
1: Yeah, and I think one of the most important things that I like to reiterate to patients, families, and was an excellent education point when I was in my medical training is that in general, strokes don't hurt, but they cause you not to be able to do things. So, When people start to have stroke symptoms, it's usually some sort of bodily function or inherent function to your well-being that is impacted. So one of the most common mnemonics that we use to reinforce the signs and symptoms of a stroke are something called the BFAST mnemonic, where you take each letter on top of the mnemonic as a tool to remember some of the signs and symptoms of a stroke. So the B stands for balance. So anytime someone is having trouble balancing their walking, whether that is in coordination, dizziness, or whether it's inability to actually balance yourself as you walk because your leg's weak or you're dragging your leg. That's what the B, the balance portion of the fast mnemonic. E is eyes because actually strokes can quite often impact your vision. These include things like not being able to see part of your world, having double vision, having eyes fixed to one side uh, of the body or not. So meaning that if you're persistently looking to the left side or to the right side, that's often a symptom that you can recognize in others as a potential sign of a stroke and when to call 911. The F in the BFAS mnemonic is for face. So looking for any type of asymmetry of the face, any drooping of the face, any twisting of the face is one of the more common signs of a stroke that brings people to medical attention. It's one that I think is more commonly known, but I think it's excellent to reinforce in the mnemonic. The A is arm. So if there's any type of weakness in the arm, especially one arm, where if you try to hold up your arms and one drifts down, and that is another portion of the mnemonic and one of the signs and symptoms of stroke. And most importantly, in the back end of this, the T is time. So we've expanded our ability to take care of patients who are having various forms of stroke. But the most important thing and the major predictor of someone's recovery and survival from a stroke is actually how quickly you can get to emergency medical attention. So if anybody has sudden onset of inability to do something, that is often signs and symptom of a stroke and that is immediate need to call nine one one and get emergency medical care.
0: Yeah, that is a very helpful mnemonic. And just to recap, it's BFAST, fast and B stands for balance, E stands for eyes. F stands for face, A stands for arms, S stands for speech, and T stands for time. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Excellent. And you mentioned that time is of the essence when you recognize that someone is having a stroke. So if you do see someone exhibiting some of the things that we're discussing, what should you do?
1: When you're recognizing a stroke in a loved one, the first thing that you should do is call 911. And the emergency services locally here in Anne Arundel County, we have ways that we designate where patients go in terms of the level of stroke care that they need. Our community hospital, Baltimore Washington Medical Center, is a primary stroke center where we can deal with any type of stroke patients. And the highest level are comprehensive stroke centers that have the capabilities of doing certain procedures for that but again the most important thing is call 911 the emergency personnel will be there to help there is something that i often see as a stroke neurologist that i want to make sure that is publicly known what you should not do even though a lot of people think you should do it a lot of people take aspirin as if it's a heart attack but as we talked about a little bit earlier about there being two different types ischemic strokes, which are the clotting strokes, and hemorrhagic strokes, which are the bleeding strokes, we cannot tell which is which based off of clinical symptoms. So you could be giving yourself an aspirin, which does thin out the blood to a certain degree when you're having bleeding in the brain. And that is not a good thing to do. So call 911 and do not take an aspirin. Yeah, I I see it a lot as a stroke doctor, and unfortunately, one of the first things that we do when you come into the emergency room is we go immediately to a a CAT scan to take a picture of your brain, and when there is bleeding on the brain, when you take an aspirin, that can worsen outcomes and cause the, the bleeding stroke to get bigger. So I reiterate that, do not take an aspirin.
0: Okay, well stated. So absolutely no aspirin if you recognize that someone is having a stroke. I wanted to actually ask if it's possible to recognize if you yourself is having a stroke. You know, I imagine that you might be confused, that you're not able to say the words that you want to say, but is it
1: actually possible for you to identify and take action? It all depends on where the stroke is actually impacting your brain. I would say a majority of the patients that I see actually recognize that they are having a stroke sometimes they're not able to communicate that fact because if it is affecting the language center of your brain you're not actually able to communicate you can't talk to people but most of the times you are able to tell that and if we go back to the be fast demonic if you're noticing that your balance is off if you're noticing that you're dragging one leg if you're noticing that, hey, my speech is a little bit off and my face feels a little bit funny and you look in a mirror or you look in the, the selfie mode of your cell phone and your face is not symmetric, it looks droopy on one side. If you're having double vision, if you're having vision lost, These are things that you can actually recognize in yourself. And then to go back to the A, the arm portion, if you're just feeling weak on one side of your body, just trying to lift up both arms, and if one is kind of drifting down or you can't hold it up, that is a sign in yourself that you're having a stroke and you need to call 911 immediately.
0: Okay, understood. So I want to move on to risk factors. Can you talk about some of the potential risk factors that could lead someone to have a stroke?
1: The most common modifiable risk factor, meaning something that we can do to lessen your risk of having a stroke in the future, is blood pressure. So high blood pressure is highly correlated and associated and is a causative reason for having a stroke. In addition to that, high cholesterol, diabetes, atrial fibrillation, and one of the things that drives me a little bit crazy as a stroke neurologist is smoking and tobacco use, smoking, but we're not sure exactly of the associations with vaping and some of the newer forms of smoking that younger people are doing, but kind of the party line is that those things are associated with stroke and should also be avoided. So those are kind of the five major risk factors. Other things that are associated with strokes and increase your risk of living a sedentary lifestyle, eating on an unhealthy diet that leads to excess weight, especially around the midsection, sleep apnea. Those are things that are also associated with stroke and increase your risk.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you about the steps that one can take to lower their risk of having a stroke. You mentioned leading a healthy lifestyle, absolutely quitting smoking, eating well. These are all things that will help. But is there anything else that people should be considering?
1: Some of these things you don't actually recognize in yourself unless you're seeing a healthcare provider. So people who have not yet had a stroke, we focus on what's called primary prevention, meaning we want to prevent anyone from having that first stroke of their life. We don't want anyone to ever have a stroke. So that primary prevention is making sure that you routinely see your primary care physician for regular checks. They will be assessing your blood pressure. They will be looking at you, doing full evaluations to see how often you need to be screened for high cholesterol, how often you need to be screened for diabetes, looking for some of these arrhythmias that can be associated with stroke like atrial fibrillation and they will be able to coach you and counsel you on how you can modify your lifestyle choices and what medications you may or may not need in order to lower that stroke risk and again, we want people to never have a stroke. As much as I love what I do, if if we could eliminate the need for me to actually care for patients with stroke, that would be a good thing. It's because a lot of the times when I'm seeing a patient who's having a stroke, it's because all these things have been slowly adding up over time, and it finally hit that inflection point where a blood clot breaks off or forms and it blocks off that blood flow to the brain and i'm in emergency mode i'm making decisions where we need to help people and try to give them treatment literally within seconds minutes it's not something that we can let go on for too long so if we can cut this off at the past 10 years beforehand When you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, having a a solid relationship with a primary care physician can really mitigate these things. And to your point about living a healthy lifestyle, that means a lot of different things for different people because of genetic factors and availability of healthy food sources and all that. But my main preaching point, for lack of a better term, that I tell my patients is, Look, if you can do some form of exercise to get your heart rate going a little bit for about 30 minutes a day, five days a week, whatever you like to do, if you like to swim, if you like to jog, if you like to walk with your dogs, if you like to do weight training, you like to do boxing, do classes, whatever it is that you enjoy, that you're going to stay focused and you're going to be able to do that 30 minutes a day for five days out of the week to really get that heart rate going, that's going to serve you well for all of these risk factors that we're talking about. Some of the dietary choices that we also recommend is eating more fruits and vegetables, trying to decrease the amount of processed, greasy foods. And one of the best studied diets that actually has a name to it, or the two that have names to them, are the Mediterranean diet, which is heavy in like salmon, olive oils, and then the DASH diet, which is high in fruits and vegetables. So those are the things that I like to talk to my patients about. But prevention is really, really key with stroke. And there are things that we can do, again, when you are having a stroke, but a lot of what can prevent that situation from happening is living that healthy lifestyle establishing care with a primary care physician, and doing the things for your overall health and
0: well-being. Well, Dr. Stack, I think that you have summarized that so well in terms of the importance of being proactive with leading a healthy lifestyle as the key preventative measure to reduce your chances of getting a stroke. So, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. You can find more shows just like this one at umms.org slash podcast. Thank you for listening to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We look forward to you joining us again.